One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I am Sadie Eck. And real quick update on DeColdest Crawford, our co-host DeColdest the Gecko <laughs> that I found in the yard last week and tried to keep in an enclosure, but he did not like the enclosure. For those of you who did not hear the previous DeColdest story, I found a lizard in my friend's yard in New Orleans the day before a deep freeze. I put him in an enclosure. He hated it. I opened it up to show Sadie DeColdest because she hadn't seen him yet. He jumped out of the enclosure. Clint and I decided that he could be an indoor-outdoor lizard, and I promised him I would just keep him in the trailer until the cold snap passed, and then I would open the door and he could leave. But then we couldn't find the coldest. But then Clint moved a bunch of stuff into his house, a bunch of boxes of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that same day, Lee said, oh, I found this little lizard today. And I was like, is it a very small lizard? And he's like, yes, it was tiny. And I was like, does he, was he very slow? He's like, he was so slow, so tame. And I was like, that's the coldest. Yay. And so we put the coldest in the, in the window to warm him up. Cause he said he seemed a little lethargic. So we put him in the window and then the coldest wasn't there when we went and looked. So now the coldest is a house lizard. Hooray. Hip hip hooray for the coldest. The coldest is just living his best life, eating their bugs or whatever he's doing. We haven't seen him <laughs> since, but. I'm so happy DeColdus just hitched a ride on into the house like a little genius that he is. A little sweet baby. Or he's like, ah, ha, ha, what's happened? Where am I again? He's like, I'm so confused. You all, are, you all are well-intentioned, but this is not what I want. I just want to live outside like a normal lizard. But this is not about lizards or geckos and the lives of our co-hosts, our was. lizard co-hosts. This is about horrible things. Mm-hmm. And it's Sadie's day. And what do you have for us well, this sad, sad story is brought to you out by our Deli Mazingo. You all know how fucked up Deli stories are. So, yeah. Yeah. Buckle up, babies, is what she would say if she was here right now. That's exactly what she would say. Before I begin, Deli added a little note here at the beginning about her process of finding the story. She says, I have a few ways of finding stories for the show. And one of them is something that I've heard referred to by a former journalist as the dart, where you throw a dart at a map and look for a story in the town it landed on. And sometimes this is how Deli finds her stories. And she was, she's been helping us with our merch. She was going through our merch sales recently and saw that one of them was headed 
to Fort Collins, Colorado. <gasps> and so she took that and said, I am going to find a case to cover in Fort Collins. <gasps> Little did she know. Mm-hmm. That that's where we were born. That's where Courtney and I were born. And I told her that. And she was like, holy shit. I did oh, not know that. And oh, I was my like, God. I don't know that many people do. So, yes. No. We know Fort Collins. It is our homeland. <laughs> it is our homeland. We are mountain babies. Yep. Even though well, we did not hill, stay there babies. too long. <laughs> nope. uh, so, thank you to our listener who not only bought merch, but led us to this terrible, terrible story. Great. This is the unimaginable murder of Todd Stout. On July 5th, 2021, a man's dead body was found under a bridge in Fort Collins, Colorado. When authorities arrived, it appeared to them that he had been living there for some time in what was later described as a, quote, makeshift home. It was clear from his wounds that he had been stabbed multiple times and had died as a result of his terrible injuries. Authorities believed, based on the locations of his wounds and where the blood was found at the scene, that the man was attacked while he was either sleeping or lying down. Oof. A prosecutor who was later involved in the case said, quote, this was not a struggle. This was an attack. Uh -huh. After contacting the family, the Fort Collins Police Department identified the victim as 58-year-old Todd Stout. Oof. An autopsy would later show that Todd had died from one of his wounds that was six inches deep and had cut through Todd's larynx, vertebra, <gasps> and carotid artery. Oh, my God. Before we get into Todd's life, there's a lot about him that we don't know. And Deli had said that she'd never had a harder time trying to find more about our victim, which mm -hmm. Courtney and I get. That's, oh, it can be God. really hard sometimes. But it isn't because he had a secretive or private life. It's just that there's little information about him that's publicly available. What we do know is that he was born in February of 1963 to Audrey Gaines and Wayne Stout. He grew up around the Oregon-Washington border and moved around a lot in his life, living in Washington, Oregon, Missouri, and possibly other states. Ancestry archives indicate that he was married in August of 1989 in Walla Walla, Washington, but this couldn't be substantiated. At some point, though, Todd began a career as a meat cutter and had three daughters, Jesse, Ashley, and Courtney. Oh, my God. His daughter, Ashley, said that their mom didn't have a strong presence in their lives, but their dad worked hard to raise them. They remember him as warm and loving. His daughter, Jessie, said, quote, I think what I miss the most is his hugs. They were the kind of hugs that made all your problems go away. Oh, bud. She described her dad as fun-loving, with a dry sense of humor. And when you look at photos of him, he looks like every guy who was a dad in the 90s with a mustache and a t-shirt tucked into his cutoff jean yeah. shorts. Yes, yes. <laughs> God, bring that look back. Rock yes. that look, men. All yes. men should wear that outfit. It does look good on every body type. Yeah. When Todd became a granddad, he was just as loving. Jesse said that her dad loved spending time with his grandkids. In one photo, his grandson is sleeping on his chest while Todd Oof. holds him. It looks like Todd's eyes are closed too, like they might be taking a nap together after tiring out from playtime. But like any person, Todd also had his struggles. It's unclear if he lived with mental health issues his entire life, but we do know that he struggled with depression and substance use disorder. 
Records show that while he was living in St. Joseph, Missouri, he was charged with possession of a controlled substance in 2019 and in 2020. He was placed on probation in 2019, then served 60 days in jail when he was charged again the following year. And as often happens with addiction, more charges followed. In June of 2019, he was charged with theft and ordered to pay a $250 fine. And then six months later, he was ordered to pay an additional $500 fine Mm -hmm. for theft. Around this time, Todd was unable to continue working as a meat cutter. His daughter, Jessie, said that he needed surgery for his hand before he could go back to work. If money was already hard to come by, the court fines he was facing must have been a huge stressor. But Todd was no less of a loving parent. His daughter, Ashley, said, quote, despite his struggles, I knew my dad loved me. He would do anything for us girls that he could. In 2021, Todd moved to Fort Collins, Colorado, and was working hard to get his life back together. He had moved to the area in hopes of getting surgery for his hand. He had also chosen that area in particular because of his love for the mountains. His daughter, Jessie, said that he wanted to wake up to them every day. And Fort Collins is so beautiful. So beautiful. You're in the bosom of the Rocky Mountains. Mm -hmm. That's how I describe it. (laughs) That's how everyone describes it. Rocky Mountain bosoms. Todd was living under a bridge temporarily while working to get sober. He was able to connect with other folks experiencing homelessness. He had access to free services that were available and received warm meals at a nearby shelter. He was described by his new acquaintances as non-confrontational. An employee at the Fort Collins Rescue Mission remembered him by simply saying, quote, he was a good man. And Deli made a little note that this one really hit her, that quote, because there's just something about a mere acquaintance knowing that he was a good guy. Yeah. Despite all of his challenges. It's generally the way it goes. Mm -hmm. Well, and just substance use. Issues are so hard and need to be treated as a medical issue like they are instead of a criminal issue. And the fact that we're all closer to homelessness than being billionaires. Exactly. I think we're all pretty close to homelessness, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, if I didn't have the family support that I do, no, we, I don't know what we would be doing right now. It's, and that is the honest truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. I think for most Americans these days, unfortunately. Ashley said that the last time she spoke to her dad, he had gotten his Colorado ID and was starting inpatient treatment the following week. Quote, I was so happy to hear that he was trying to make his life better again, but this opportunity was taken away from him. The Fort Collins Police Department started working on his case right away. It's important to note that they took his murder seriously and treated his life and death with respect. Good. They worked hard to learn who had killed Todd and why. Sadly, we know this isn't always the case, especially for victims who struggle in life like Todd did. The day after Todd's family was notified of his passing, the police chief released a statement saying, quote, Todd faced some challenges, but that in no way diminishes the value of his life. He was a father and grandfather, remembered by family for his dry sense of humor. He was a member of the community. He was a human being who deserves justice, and we need our community's help getting that for him. Hell yeah. That's because they live in the bosom of the Rocky Mountains. Yes, everyone's held <laughs> tight in that bosom, and that makes them care for humanity, regardless yeah. of their circumstances. Investigators started by pulling security footage from nearby businesses during the time frame that they believed the murder took place. In the footage, they noticed a light-colored, compact SUV driving through the area near the bridge. 
In one video, authorities watched as the SUV parked not far from the crime scene. Someone then got out of the car and walked in the direction of the bridge. They then returned, quote, a short while later, got back into the SUV and drove away. Hmm. It was hard to identify the person, but the police released this footage to the public, urging people to check their home security cameras to see if the vehicle drove by their homes between midnight and 3 a.m. the night of the murder. Smart. Mm -hmm. They also informed the public that there was a $2,000 cash reward for anyone who provided information leading to the arrest of a suspect. The police chief continued to urge people not to write off Todd's case, saying, quote, We don't know who committed this heinous crime or why they chose to target Todd. There's been public speculation that the suspect was also homeless, but it's neither fair nor accurate to draw that conclusion without any evidence. We build cases on facts, not assumptions. Our investigators are pursuing every lead to find out what happened so the perpetrator can be held accountable. Just a day before that press release went out, another man believed to be experiencing homelessness was shot and killed outside of Fort Collins McDonald's. What? The suspect was caught within 28 hours and the two cases weren't related, but it was alarming for this town, which rarely had cases of homicide, to lose two members of the community in just two weeks. Mm -hmm. Knowing that unhoused people care for one another and develop a strong sense of community, authorities coordinated with local organizations to host a support meeting for unsheltered people who are grieving the deaths of their friends. Nice. God, go for it. No, this needs to just be the norm. Yeah, yes. Yes, and it's sad to be so surprised at how compassionate the police force was in these cases. Not just the police, but the community at large. Yeah, just before we started recording, I was like, are you watching the American Nightmare documentary Mm -hmm. on Netflix? And it's just, it's such a sickening example of police not only not helping victims, but deeply victimizing victims in the most egregious, disgusting, inappropriate ways. And so uh, thank you, Deli, for telling a story where law enforcement and the community do the opposite of that Mm -hmm. because it's really needed. I need that right now selfishly. So thank you. Yeah. Meanwhile, police were working on gathering more traffic camera footage to get a better idea of the route of the suspect's car. They determined that after the attack, the vehicle drove away from the scene and headed to the city of Loveland, which was the next town over from Fort Collins. The car then parked at Lake Loveland. FBI were called in to help them search the area for any possible evidence. After several days of searching, investigators found, quote, an item with a cement handle and sharp metal piece sticking out, which they collected as evidence. It's unclear if the item was disposed of on land or in the lake, but because the search took multiple days and investigators later said that they would be unable to test the item for DNA, it was most likely recovered from the water. Investigators were then able to gather enough footage to track the SUV from Lake Loveland to a nearby Loveland neighborhood, and it didn't take long for them to find that SUV sitting in a driveway that belonged to Amy and Tom Zwaylen. Just a random, like, suburb, (laughs) nice neighborhood. Well, yeah. I mean, not that everyone who drives SUVs are middle class, but you say SUV and I'm immediately picturing exactly that. Yeah, so they watched as this SUV drove to the scene of a crime, to a lake where they found a weapon, and then to Amy and Tom Zwayland's house. Mm -hmm. Like mid-40s couple, 
Yeah. I'm so curious. Because there was no trial for the case, the details about the family are not easy to find. But we do know that Amy and Tom were well-known and liked in the Loveland community. They were described as, quote, outdoorsy and well-adjusted. They were parents, very involved in their church. Tom was the co-owner of a solar panel company and was a member of Leadership Fort Collins, which I know our town here has one where it's almost like a sorority or fraternity, mm-hmm. but leadership of the town come together and right. make decisions and do yeah. public service kinds of things yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Amy was on the board of their church and a loving mother. In 2019, Amy began leading a ministry at her church that signed on to work with a local chapter of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense after a mass shooting occurred in the area. Mm-hmm. In the church's 2019 annual report, they said, quote, this team expects to be at work over the long term as gun violence and issues surrounding gun sense laws are not likely to change overnight. Amy was committed to helping and wanted the gun violence in America to end. When the SUV led police to Amy and Tom's house, everyone who knew them agreed that this was not a couple anyone would suspect in a random and terrible murder. I'm so curious. Did someone take their car? Was it their kid? Their son? I know. I tell you, Lily really led me on a journey because I was so confused. What is happening? (laughs) What is happening? And I don't like to make assumptions because we all know that people can be dark and we don't know it. But yeah, (sighs) plenty of people are like in the American nightmare. Right. Not somebody you would suspect. None of it is what Mm -hmm. you would suspect it to be. But it's happened it's a true thing that happened right so and i've only seen the first episode but that Mm -hmm. we can maybe let's talk about it afterwards but (laughs) strap in dude strap in it is the craziest and if you haven't watched it guys but do yourself a favor it is mind-boggling that case maybe we can all watch it this week and then reconvene and talk about it highly next week would love that yes okay but yeah uh, their child, their dog, their mm-hmm. totally their dog, neighbor, their gecko, their the house ge- gecko. Don't bring Dakota's into this. Dakota's oh, is an innocent, too sweet, small. and he's he so slow. He's just a slow little gentle <laughs> lizard. He would never. No. But their nephew, <laughs> their neighbor, somebody they were helping. So after locating the vehicle, authorities learned that Amy and Tom had added a GPS tracker to their car as well. The tracker confirmed that on the night of Todd's murder, the SUV had driven to the area. And then just six weeks after Todd had been murdered, on August 17th, 2021, police announced an arrest in the case and released a statement saying, quote, Our detectives never gave up on finding answers for the victim's family and our community. While nothing can reverse this violent tragedy, we hope there's some comfort in the pursuit of justice. The suspect's name was not made immediately available. But eventually, the public learned that the Zuelans' 16-year-old daughter, Vicki, uh-huh. had been arrested uh-huh. for the first-degree murder of Todd Stout. Why would she do that? Right? Yeah. Why? Vicki was a student at nearby Loveland High School. She played tennis and was in the band. Tom and Amy described their daughter as intelligent and curious. Vicki's aunt, uncle, and grandma agreed. She wanted to go to college abroad and study engineering. Her parents would later testify that Vicki didn't always consider the potential consequences of her actions. 
The reason why they had put a tracker on the SUV was because when Vicky was 13, she stole a neighbor's car. She then took off towards California with plans to live out of the car and take classes online. But Vicky hadn't planned well enough, and she ran out of gas while passing through Wyoming. Wow. She made it to Wyoming. Wow. During their investigation, authorities learned Vicky suffered from, quote, serious and persistent mental health disorders mm -hmm. that had been diagnosed shortly before she killed Todd Stout. Vicky was under the care of a psychiatric doctor who prescribed medication to help her. When Vicky killed Todd, she had either stopped taking her medication or was taking an insufficient dosage. Mm -hmm. Her defense team would later say that Vicky was experiencing hallucinations and hearing voices, which contributed to her actions on the night of Todd's murder. And I will never, ever, ever, ever stop mentioning that most people with severe mental health mm -hmm. issues are victims of crimes, not yes. perpetrators. And yep. Let's all remember that. Yep. This is an exception to that, but let's all please remember that. Definitely. Although the exact timeline of how the events played out were unclear, the defense would later explain that Vicky first noticed Todd and his home under the bridge while riding her bike home one day. Oh, my God. After seeing him there, her intrusive thoughts grew, getting <sighs> louder and louder until she couldn't resist them. Oh, this is so bad. Oh. It's so sad. <gasps> and her poor family. God. No, dude. Ugh. Quote, voices pushed her to do what she did, they said. It's believed that after seeing Todd, Vicky got to work making her homemade weapon. Mm -mm. She then drove back to the bridge on the night of July 4th and brutally killed a vulnerable man she didn't know. Oh, my God. After her arrest, the court had to decide if Vicky would be tried as a juvenile or as an adult. If found guilty for committing a class one felony in juvenile court, Vicky would face up to seven years in prison. She would be housed at the Department of Youth Services until she turned 21 and then would serve the remainder of her sentence in an adult prison. If she was charged as an adult, she would face the possibility of a life sentence in prison and would be housed at the Department of Youth Services until 18 years old rather than 21. Well, Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So she would, such a huge difference yes. in her sentence. Yep. In March of 2022, a three-day hearing was held where Vicky's family, doctors, and investigators testified. Investigators told the court that along with the traffic and security camera footage, they also used DNA found at the crime scene to connect Vicky to the murder. Vicky's defense attorneys argued that Vicky had been receiving effective treatment at the Department of Youth Services while awaiting trial. Several doctors who had worked with her both before and after her arrest agreed that the treatment was working. Mm. They also explained that following her arrest, Vicky had started hormone replacement therapy after coming out as a trans woman. Wow. This change had a huge positive effect on Vicky's mental health. Vicky's defense told the court the treatment she had been receiving could only be adequately provided by the Department of Youth Services. They also argued that rehabilitation was likely for Vicky, considering her brain wasn't fully developed yet. Yeah. Prosecutors didn't agree and argued that the Department of Youth Services wasn't equipped to provide the long-term treatment that Vicky needed. Her brain wouldn't be fully developed until her mid-20s after she would be released from the youth facility. They wanted her tried as an adult with the potential of a much longer sentence. Ugh. And if you are going to use the excuse that she's not going to get enough treatment and then sentence her to prison. Yeah. Like, tell me. Yeah. 
And maybe Colorado is magical and different. But please tell me what treatment she would receive for her mental health in prison in America. Yeah. Because as far as I know, that does not happen. No. Or if it does, it is very, very minimal. Yeah. It's a big old zero in my in in my imagination. Yes. So in the end, the judge sided with the prosecution. Oh, God. I was hoping no. there would be some sort of like magical thing here because the police are so magical that the courts would also be so magical. It's hard. It's a hard one because she feels like a very unstable person. For sure. And so to trust her in the general public to receive mm-hmm. the help she needs and to risk the general public safety mm-hmm. sounds scary to me. Totally. Yeah. Today's episode is sponsored by Green Chef. Elevate your everyday wellness with the number one meal kit for clean eating and discover new gut-friendly recipes each week. I love my guts. I love your guts. All of your guts. With Green Chef, you can count on meals that are good for your taste buds, good for your body, and good for the planet. Green Chef offers unique farm fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins. Y'all have been vegetarian since 1993. That is before most of you were born. And to have something like Green Chef on the market ready for a girl like me who's extremely busy to just pull one out of the fridge throw it together and have something that is convenient, that is delicious, and that suits my vegetarian lifestyle is a revelation. I love Green Chef. I'm still dreaming of that kale salad I made a month and a half ago. And for me to not only have delicious food that I like, to have food that my children like is a huge benefit. And we get all of that with Green Chef. So to have something that's good for you, that's good for the planet, that's good for your time management system. It's pretty amazing. I cannot endorse it enough. You know, we've been a fan of these meal kits from the beginning. We continue to use them. They continue to save my life and my wife's life every day when I'm working until the very last minute. We're both hangry and it's there and it's ready to go. And it tastes good every time. And if you didn't know already, Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, our BFFs. With a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I personally love switching between the brands, and now you all can do the same thing. <sighs> Go to greenchef.com slash 60theywill and use code 60theywill to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. <laughs> what? Excuse me? This It's too good. Go to greenchef.com slash 60theywill and use code 60THEYWILL to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Do Do it! it. So in the end, the judge sided with the prosecution and ruled that it was in the best interest of the community if the case stayed in the adult court. In his ruling, he wrote that while diagnosed mental illness would require treatment, quote, the Department of Youth Services can't offer treatment long-term, And a seven-year sentence simply isn't enough time to treat the defendant, given the facts here. Mm -hmm. Adding that less than seven years in a detention facility also, quote, disrespects Mr. Stout and his family. Mm -hmm. And I really do agree with that. Mm -hmm. So while making this decision, the judge also considered the fact that Vicky would be subjected to violence while in prison, which could be harmful to her. But he said, quote, violence is why we're here and why Todd Stout isn't. Yep. 
the court as well as the parties would be remiss to forget that. Oh, what a zinger, man. What a Mm -hmm. very tough decision to make. Yeah, I would not want to be the one responsible for that decision. Me either at all. The judge believed the defense could succeed with a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity, saying, quote, if the defendant is as mentally ill as she asserts, a successful not guilty by reason of insanity plea is a real possibility. I would imagine, right? Were she to convince a jury of her insanity, she'd receive long-term treatment at the Department of Human Services until she isn't affected by her disorders and she's able to safely rejoin society. Mm-hmm. After all was said and done, the prosecution and the defense struck a deal. And in October of 2022, Vicki Zwaylin pleaded guilty to second-degree murder, a lesser charge than she was initially charged with. This held the possibility of 16 to 48 years in prison. As part of the deal, Vicki agreed to be sentenced to a minimum of 35 years in prison. Wow. Coming up against first-degree murder is really scary. Mm-hmm. But with 35 years that's a, is a life, a life sentence. sentence. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Even for a 16-year-old. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. In a three-hour sentencing hearing, a nearly full courtroom heard arguments from the prosecution and the defense. Prosecutors called Todd's daughters up to speak, and each of them shared information about who their dad was and how their loss had affected them. They described him as warm and caring, a person who worked so hard to raise them. They shared his plans to get surgery soon and seek treatment. His daughter, Jesse, said, quote, he moved here to better his life and was unfortunately in the wrong place at the wrong time. Jesse shared how much Todd loved being a grandfather, saying, quote, now he doesn't get to watch his grandchildren grow up. Mm. She added, quote, my dad was not just some random homeless man. He deserved to have a chance at the rest of his natural life. All three of Todd's daughters said his death left them with long-lasting pain, including suffering from nightmares and post-traumatic stress disorder. Courtney said the day her father was murdered was, quote, the worst day of my life, and it only got worse from there. Yeah. Prosecutors echoed Todd's daughters, describing him as, quote, a father, grandfather, and someone who loved and was loved by many, a man who was working hard to make his life better so he could be there for his family. They argued for the maximum sentence in the case, saying that the violence that Todd endured raised important concerns for community safety. Mm-hmm. They also argued that Vicki's mental health issues should not be weighed as heavily as her premeditated decision to take a life, saying, quote, the defendant, not her mental illness, is responsible for the brutal murder of Todd Stout. The defense called seven people to speak on Vicki's behalf. Her guardian, Adlidium, told the court that Vicki had excelled at the Platte Valley Youth Services Center. During her time there, she had no major violations, had graduated from high school, and had performed well enough to become a supervisor assistant. She stated, quote, It is my firm belief that Vicki has risen to the expectations around her, especially those at Platte Valley. I have no doubt she will continue to strive to do what she needs to do while serving her sentence. Two leaders at Plymouth Congregational Church told the court that their church community had been and would continue to support Vicki and her family. One of the ministers said, quote, Vicki was and has been caught in the crosshairs of such severe illness that does not excuse her actions. Vicki is taking responsibility and I am hoping and praying for the best possible placement for her. 
Vicky's family members were also called to speak, describing her curious nature growing up and playing a slideshow of photos of Vicky as a child. They said that they had always supported Vicky and would continue to do so going forward. Her family also shared their sympathies for the Stout family. Vicky's father, Tom, said that he, quote, was deeply saddened and horrified to think that his child could be involved in this incident and said that he learned a great deal from Vicky, quote, including the impacts that mental health issues can cause in someone. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, I love you, Vicky. I think of you every day. I wish you to heal and I trust you will keep learning and growing and show off as the best version of yourself every day, regardless of where you are. <laughs> so sad. This one is sad. So, so, so sad. Vicky's mother, Amy, brought many items from Vicky's childhood to the courtroom, including stuffed animals and a letter that Vicky had written Amy as a child. Amy told the court, quote, I want you to know that I carry all of this in my heart. These stuffed animals, the words, the memories, all of the people who are here today, I carry their unwavering support and love in my heart. I carry my family in my heart. I carry Vicky in my heart. I always have and I always will. Vicky then spoke on her own behalf, saying that she took full accountability for Todd's death. She said, quote, while I am mentally ill and I would not have done what I did if I were healthy, that is not an excuse. I am capable of learning, healing, and growing. At the end, it's no one's fault but my own, and I acknowledge and accept this. Vicky's defense attorney said that while Vicky doesn't show her emotions often, she did feel remorse for her actions. He said that since taking on her case, he had seen her become more open, especially after transitioning and beginning her medication for mental illness. He said that he'd asked for the Department of Corrections to place her in a woman's pod, but knew it wasn't guaranteed. After hearing hours of testimony, the judge made his ruling, saying it was his job to make sure the punishment suited the crime, but was also consistent with how similar defendants had been sentenced. The judge called Todd Stout, quote, a fighter who was working hard trying to get his life back together for his family, saying, quote, and by all indications he was, Ms. Whalen brutally murdered Mr. Stout, who was minding his own business, trying to better his life, and had retired for the day in his home, which happened to be under a bridge. He said that the defense's argument that Vicky did not plan the attack was, in quotes, self-serving. While he did believe that the attack was random, it also appeared that Vicky had cased Todd's home under the bridge. Quote, that's what makes this crime and this murder particularly heinous and scary. Anyone could have been the victim if we had been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Totally. Totally. It's scary. It's very scary. Yeah. Even the murder weapon itself showed evidence of premeditation. The prosecution had presented evidence that the weapon was a, quote, homemade shank with a cement handle. The judge noted that it takes more than a few hours to make an object like that. The judge ended by saying, quote, incredibly unfortunate that all that help Ms. Whalen is now receiving came under the circumstances for which it did. None of this had to be this way. None. But here we are. So far, the track record we have is Vicky failed to do the right thing. She failed to seek help, despite all the help that her family was offering. Amy Zoylan, in the court's view, did everything in her power, everything she could to help her daughter. That is all we can ask of any parent, regardless of what happens after. In the end, you can't control what people with their own free will will do. You can't. 
He then sentenced Vicky to 44 years in prison. Wow. Saying that community safety was a major concern. He reasoned that Vicky's actions were, quote, hanging by a thread on whether or not she continues taking psychotropic medication she desperately needs and she cannot be without for the rest of her life. So Vicky is currently incarcerated at the Denver Women's Correctional Facility. She is 18 years old. Her first parole hearing is scheduled for December of 2053. Oh, God. Thank goodness Vicky was able to go to a woman's prison. Huge thank goodness. I, that's like yes. the last thing that we all needed at the end of this story is that. Correct. Vicky, Vicky was sent to a men's prison. No. No. As is always the case, what's left behind in the wake of this tragedy are the families of both Todd and Vicki. They're left to suffer. Todd's family will never get him back. He is gone forever. And Vicki's parents will spend the rest of their lives wondering if there's something they could have done better or differently to not only protect Todd from their child, but to protect her from her own terrible decisions. Everyone in this case deserved something better. Since Vicky's arrest, Amy said she has been struggling, telling the court at Vicky's sentencing hearing that she thinks often of Todd Stout and the unimaginable pain their family is in. In preparing for the sentencing hearing, she found a photo of herself and Vicky. She was learning, ugh, it's going to make me cry. <laughs> she was learning to ride a bike, and Amy was running beside her to catch her if she fell. But with Todd's death, she said, quote, I missed this catch. Oh, God. <laughs> God, and I just, it's something, I, mean, I think about it all the time as a mom. Yep. Like, what if, yep. what if, despite everything you do, your child makes a terrible decision or they have severe mental health issues or, 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 and there's something that happens and they victimize other people. It is, yep, one of my worst fears. Yeah. Yes. Mm. <sighs> She doesn't deserve to carry that guilt. Amy sought help for her child, and she deserves to be acknowledged for that. Even Vicky herself deserved better. She was and is so intelligent. She had so much to look forward to, but she won't get the opportunity to rejoin society until she's 52 years old. And during that time, babies will be born, friends will get married, and loved ones will die. She'll learn about it from a telephone call or a letter. She deserves more than that, but in the end, she took that away from herself. Mm -hmm. Todd's daughters deserve to have him here today. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration reports that one in eight children have a parent experiencing substance use disorder, including me, Deli. That's what Deli says. Mm -hmm. It can be a traumatic experience, and children commonly feel like they're responsible for their parents' well-being. But Todd's children don't deserve to feel that or to wonder if they should have done more to help. This was never their responsibility. Nope. Todd Stout was someone that we all would have been lucky to know. Like a lot of listeners of the show, he struggled with his mental health, but still made great sacrifices for the people he loved. He was working to get back on his feet and deserved to be rewarded for that effort. He deserved the opportunity to look back at the time he was under a bridge and feel proud of how far he'd come since then. But even if he wasn't on the track to bettering his life, even if he had decided to live under the bridge for the rest of his natural life, he deserved to see that through on his own terms. Yep. His life had a measurable value either way. And that is the horrendous story 
of Todd Stout. Oh my God. I am just never prepared for these, but you know, when you play that game when you're a kid where you put your hand down and then you put a hand on top of it and you hand yes. on it, it's that, but it's just sadness, sad, yes. slap, slap, yeah. slap, slap, sad, sad, sad. Yep. Getting to the top of the sad hand mountain. Ugh. Yeah. Also, let's just throw in every hot button topic in America right now into this one. Right. It's really remarkable that it didn't get turned. Maybe it did, but it didn't get turned into some horrendous political bullshit. I am sure it did. DeSantis nightmare. Yeah, I'm not willing to go find out, but I'm sure that it did. Nobody wins. And uh, God, I don't blame anybody for the sentences that she received because that shit is terrifying. And if I was his family, I would also be afraid of retaliation. It's just like so many things to consider. The intrusive thoughts thing is terrifying. The premeditation is terrifying. It's all really violent and really scary. Mm-hmm. And then also feels pretty preventable. But we're just not a country that prioritizes those things, even though her family was obviously trying to prioritize those things. There's just so many layers of support that somebody with those conditions needs. Mm-hmm. And when they don't receive them, and then are also dealing with a, whatever other fallback of grappling with being trans and, you know, all this shit. Mm-hmm. And there's just, we're just not in a place to support mothers, let alone complicated mental health issues and trans issues. Mm-hmm. When in fact are actively working yeah. against trying to yes. help people with any of those issues. Yeah. yeah. So again, does not justify for one second what she did to that man. No. That is so terrifying and so horrible. But also we can do better and we can support each other better, but significantly better than we're doing. And if we were to take some of those steps, then I think we could alleviate some of the suffering that people are experiencing. And Todd wouldn't have been under that bridge and vulnerable enough Mm -hmm. to be attacked randomly while he slept. She wouldn't have, Vicky wouldn't have probably gotten taken it to that point that she's creating shanks and shanking men under bridge. You know, can we please fix our systemic issues that cause so much Death and pain and suffering? Unnecessarily. Please. 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 Thank you, Dolly. Yeah. That's a good... uh, You just are always making us chew on too many things. Nobody (laughs) wants to think about things. Nobody wants to... Use critical thinking, Dolly. No. We just want, like, pure outrage. And you give us thoughtful consideration. Yeah. Where you can't just demonize the killers. The bad guy. Yeah. 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 Beautiful job, Deli. Beautiful job telling it, Sadie. And no, thank you. And my heart just burns for both of the families and what they are having to grapple with after just such a horrible thing happens. Yeah. In my imagination, because I have no way of thinking that this is true, it'd be lovely if Vicky's parents and Todd's daughters supported each other somehow. And I know that's not really how it works, no. but they just all seem like lovely human beings stuck in this fucking tr- terrible tragedy. Yeah. Yep. I have a friend whose son killed a man. He hit a man and the 
son was under the influence and the man mm-hmm. was under the influence. It's one of those complicated things mm-hmm. because he stepped out into the road where he shouldn't have. But then the kid also should not have been driving under the influence. And right. so this just fucking horrible thing happened. And the his father is a good friend of ours. And I don't know how I would live through something like that as mm-hmm. somebody who is either the father of or the person who did it because it's done and there's no undoing it. And it's fucking horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let alone something that just premeditated and violent and awful. Knowing that your little child was capable of that is inconceivable. No. Woo. Well. So night, night, everybody. Yeah. I will be having nightmares about it now. So thanks, Deli. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just gonna, I don't know what I'm going to do. How do we soften up the boys so that they never do anything even remotely like that? I guess I'm trying my best, I guess. How to yeah. talk and communicate and feel feelings and consent and uh, I am. Well, everyone just keep doing the best you can. That's right. If you need help, ask for it. Yep. And also Trash Island. <laughs> always, you're that's always at pictures. The my friends were in town in new orleans visiting this last week and i brought it up and they were like i don't know if it's dense enough and we pulled up a picture of trash i think it's plenty dense i think it's plenty dense to yeah colonize trash island yeah. and there was also like surely the core of trash island is hot enough because it's just all this plastic and trash mm-hmm. you know that we could pull our energy from the center of like trash island. garbage yeah so it's like, <laughs> like the, it's geothermal <laughs> exactly it's fully sustained it's just like a big ball of petroleum right like it's, that's just how it works you, now right? you want to light it on fire <laughs> no it just it's like you know it's hot as hell right in the center yeah. there we'll just desalinate the ocean and yeah it just seems like, like our the, best option i think so <laughs> It's like a renewable resource because people are just going to keep sending trash to Trash Island. So it's just going to keep getting reinforced and stronger. Well, except and for the the evil, the evil um, trash collectors of the ocean. Right. <laughs> with their big helpful boat that's pulling out all the trash without taking any fish with it. And like all the mushrooms and stuff that they figured out that how to eat it and like dissolve it and eat it. Right. Yeah. So we're just going to yeah, fight so those fight guys. Them. Yeah. So we can have our island on the trash so ocean. Colonize trash island. <laughs> that sounds good. Doesn't it? It doesn't it like seem appropriate for a bunch of white people to colonize trash yes. island. Yes. Do you like that's the only colonization I can get behind? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. Man. You guys. You guys, help. Help us. Help us. Everyone needs help right now. Everyone needs help. Everyone's cold. Everyone's houses mm-hmm. are getting split in half by Doug Furs yes. in Oregon. I know. You guys be safe over there. Ugh. I'm cold right now. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's broke. But, okay, let's think about one. What's a good thing? Oh, uh, we went to Chewbacca's the parade this weekend, which 
I, I know we've mentioned it before, but for those of you who aren't aware, there's a whole month's worth of parades that lead up to Mardi Gras day. Everyone thinks, mm-hmm. not everyone, but a lot of people think Mardi Gras is just one day. It's not, it's like six weeks long. And so we went to Chewbacca's, which one of the big parades is called Bacchus. And so Chewbacca's, all the little parades are sort of poking fun at the big parades because the big parades are a bunch of like fraternities, essentially of like slave owners. <laughs> just mm-hmm. to really just to put it out there. Yeah, it's this old sort of old, 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 old Southern money. And they also like control all the banks and stuff. So it's a thing. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So these smaller parades, they're walking parades. They're not float parades. And it's people like dressing up and they spend all year. They have their their individual crews and they spend all year and they make these costumes. And it's just like the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And they the big parades throw the beads and stuff, which I also I didn't know the history of this. Leave it to my smart friends who come to visit and then read about all the history of Mardi Gras, which never occurred to me to do. But it started as a revolt. It was like Mardi Gras was a, a peasant's revolt and then the rich people started throwing little treats on Mardi Gras, like a metaphor for our entire system where they're like, no, here's a little snack. Don't revolt. If you don't revolt, we'll give you little cakes and cookies. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how it all started. It's like uh-huh. a counter, you know, like a response to this revolt. So we went to the parade and at the smaller parades, they have all agreed to only give out handmade throws. So you get all these little treasures, like these things that these people have made themselves instead of like plastic beads. The most magical thing about New Orleans is that the entire city, this is just what they do for six weeks out of the year. It's just like play make believe on the grandest scale you can ever imagine. And we went to the parade and my friend Kate, who has got very catastrophic thinking, that's one of the things she's known for is like, just she's a warrior. And she's an amazing person and a magical, I, brilliant person, but she worries. I can't relate to that. No, right? She's also loves to get dressed up. So Kate, being here, we put painted our faces blue and pa- stuck googly eyes all over our faces and really went for it. And at the end of it, she was like, you know, that just restored a little bit of my faith in humanity. And that was exactly the response I was hoping for because it is, it really, really does restore your faith in humanity to go to one of these Mardi Gras parades and just be like all of these adults just putting so much of their time, energy and money into just making something for the sake of making it and like trying to make it so much funnier, better, more clever, smarter, sweeter, it's a beautiful thing to observe. Yeah. So that's easy to forget how magical we can all be. Yeah. Yep. We are really a magical species. We're also an incredibly violent and cruel species, but we are capable of so much love and beauty. Yep. Although there sometimes the parade stalls, you know, a little bit and people have to kind of catch up. And so you and most of the, the, the people in the parade are like, they have huge sound systems and stuff. So you just have like a little dance party while the parade stalls. But this crew stalled in front of us. And one of the people in the crew said, all right, where are all my queers at? And Laura and Clint and I were like, yeah, right here. Woo. And the person goes, yeah, I don't believe you. <gasps> what? <laughs> yes. 
You don't get to decide that. It was that. so strange. Weird. It was so strange. And Clint gave, gave them the benefit of the doubt and was like, well, maybe they were just being like facetious or funny. But it, I was like, I think we just got to not. It was so strange. Weird. Yes, it was a very strange moment. Where's my queers at? Right here. No. Nope. I don't believe you. <laughs> All right. Wow. I know. That's that that's that makes me feel really sad. Isn't it? It was so strange. <laughs> yeah. It was like even yeah. as a joke. I don't know. That they could have been like funny. just kidding and like giving us a throw or something. I don't know. It was so it was so strange. But other than <laughs> like, what like, do I do I need to flash my card? Yeah, I know. Other other than getting denied uh my sexuality, sexuality strangely it was amazing weird. yeah weird yeah you can't win them all maybe he misheard him maybe he said i want to be you oh <gasps> yeah they're like oh my god you're i'm intimidated i'm just gonna shut down now because you're so queer and amazing <laughs> i don't know <laughs> anyway oh, i've got a man. bunch of names for name time let me do some name Let's time yeah, I might. You guys, I'm so sorry. I might have to not. I literally cannot feel my fingers. I'm so cold and yeah. my stomach is growling. So today might not be the best day for shouty outies, but we'll do a little extra. It is kind of fun to do these big giant blocks of shouty outies. Mm -hmm. So next week, Sadie and I will do extra shouty outies. And in the meantime, if you we have a Patreon, there's like 180 episodes over there for as little as five dollars a month. You can get a bunch more episodes. So many. And you'll get a shouty outy from us, which is just me singing you a song, a crazy, crazy yeah. inspired song. But in the meantime, here's a shit ton of name times. Oh, can you hear my stomach growling? Yeah, I did. That was not a <laughs> lost coyote. That was my stomach. <laughs> Seaman swallows. Excuse me. Uh, what? Excuse and is that a person? Is that a town? And his uh, commander was Major Richard Skinner. No way. Yeah. That's not a boat or tank. I don't know what they're <laughs> commanding, but I don't want to be on it. <laughs> uh, Dick Galore and Mona, <laughs> Mona Forker. Yes, please. Yes. Mr. McNutt. Yes, please. <laughs> Amanda Mustard is a film director. I watched her film. What's it called? pretty picture nice life or the documentary on HBO about how she confronts her grandfather who's a convicted pedophile. Wow. That is creepy. That is a very creepy movie. And if you are somebody who experienced abuse or child abuse, uh, I don't recommend it. It is no. rough. Polly Wiggle Road. <laughs> um, and speaking of mustards, Matt Mustard, the motherfucking detective who can pretty much go fuck himself from American Monster or American Nightmare. I don't know why I want to call it that. American Nightmare. Watch that documentary, guys. It's especially if you want to get mad, but also just be like, have your jaw on the fucking ground because good God. Nick Mashitter. <laughs> or Mashitter. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Kilty O'Connor Box. His name is Kilty O'Connor Box. Keeps locking himself in cages on college campuses and won't tell anybody why. Shit, yeah. Yeah. Dude, know your business is what I'd say. Yeah, and apparently, like, some <laughs> lady was like, hey, what are you doing? And she was like, 
want want me to hang out with you? And he's like, do whatever you want. And she went and got a got her own cage and brought it and set it down and just chilled with him for like six hours in her own locked up cage. Oh my god, it's gonna be like um what's that movie called Forrest Gump? Yes. When he's running across the country and everybody just joins him. Yeah. It's just gonna be a collection of people in cages. Young people in dog cages all over college campuses with Kilty O'Connor box. And they're like, is he just trolling us? Like, he's just not, there's no explanation. He just keeps doing it, though, for hours. Hmm. Penny money! (laughs) Dr. Larry McCracken! (laughs) Gayhard Rushman. Skip Bolton. Dina Sheena! (laughs) Andrew Drinkwater works at a water research center. (laughs) Good job, Andrew. That's right. No other choice. Okay. This name has come across multiple times. And I, as a queer, I mean, I've had my queer card revol- revoked this weekend. <laughs> like I have a little bit more of, I'm walking on thin ice with this one. So I'm just going to spell it. The first name. Okay. F-A-G-L-E-Y. Last name, okay. Dork. <laughs> mm-hmm. like people keep sending it. I was like, all right, I got to just put it out there. Sally Snowman, who's a Boston Lighthouse keeper. That's so cute. MSNBC journalist Allie Vitale. There's a grave in Colorado for Fred E. Kruger. Yes. Yes. A Tennessee congressman and Confederate brigadier general named Felix Zollicoffer. Oh, my God. I love the name Felix. There's a man running for judge in Pennsylvania named Jack D. Ripper. (laughs) President of Indonesia is named Joko Widodo. <laughs> There's a city in Honduras called Coxon Hole. Oh my God. <laughs> Grave in New Jersey for Hedwig Hamburger. Oh my God. I know. Uh, uh, Grope Cunt Lane. Yikes. Oh, England. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be so obvious. <laughs> A bunch of names. Or do, because then you're fully aware of what you're getting yourself into if you go down that road. Honestly. Honestly. A bunch of names from someone's high school. Mr. Fox, Mrs. Badger, Mrs. Bacon, Mr. and Mrs. Dick, and Mr. Cox. Oh, my God. Yep. That was in Scotland, too. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Oh, the actor from Rock, uh, Walking Dead, Norman Reedus, has a son named Mingus Reedus. Oh, no, that's I so cute. fucking love the name Mingus. Dr. Richard Dick Pickle. Oh, I feel like we've, I think we've been with I'm sure we've been Dick with Pickle Dick Pickle, Pickle but I can always bring Dick Pickle back. Fuck, any, any day. Mr. Hell. <laughs> elementary school <laughs> chip teacher. <laughs> well, I mean, there is a special hell that is elementary gym or school gym in general seriously roger rogerson yes yes chunky mississippi yes (laughs) clint (laughs) gave me that one after i went through like yazoo city and dicks and all the (laughs) other places in mississippi i I don't know how many probably don't have a lot of people listening to us from mississippi but you have been holding out yeah rhode island and mississippi have just the craziest best names Oh, Derek Rober and Emily Franz Lubbers were supposed to yes. walk down the aisle on Saturday. Congratulations, Derek Rober and Emily Franz Lubbers. They were supposed to? I don't, I mean, what happened? I know. I don't know if they called off the wet. No, they, they were announced <laughs> to. 
Okay. Yeah. It's scheduled. <laughs> uh, college at- athletes names. A million bugs. Tennessee Rainwater. <laughs> Churchill Bounds. So good. Always right. Crisscross. Supreme Cook. And Noble Days. Yes. And Dakota Crawford. I will never. Uh-huh. Okay. Somebody sent me a n- map of <sighs> Ireland. God, Ireland. Oh, man. I'm Buckle gonna, up. I'm just going to go through a few of these. It's like endless. Muff Road. Bunny Never. <laughs> the Knob. Mully Silly. Fanny's Fort. Pringles Point. Cool Buck. Black Stick Bottom. Bolly Willie, Little Cock Tour, Cock Mountain, Dick's Bay, <laughs> Whores Bridge, Low Cock, Black Knob, Hawk Hill Road, Hell Hole, <laughs> Giant's Ring, Baliacock, Baliwatic. Yeah, that one kind of trails off. I can't see the end of it. Warring Nurseries, mm, Bottom, Buckna, Trailcock Road, Cummer Camp. <laughs> <gasps> uh, ball and balls mill we'll end with balls mill <laughs> i love you guys i love the world i love you guys i do too you're the best you're magical and we love you and we couldn't love you more and if you want to spend more time with us you can find us on instagram TikTok, YouTube, or Facebook at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can always email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate and review and subscribe to us, please. Yes, please. Uh, it helps us so much. So much. And thank you, AJ Bergans, for your music. Thank you so much for your music. And remember, uh, the just be just make a parade everyone just make a parade just find a way to make the world a little bit brighter and more imaginative and curious and beautiful yes because you can this whole city does it this whole ass city is complicated cuckoo southern city just makes magic once a year for almost two months and so (laughs) anyone can do it if they can a hundred percent we love you and your magic and find a little magic today and say yes to something those are your signs right and we'll talk to you later we'll see you then we love you guys we love you Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.